Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. We are back with a, another episode um, this week, and Don Baker, how are you? Doing great. Glad to be here. We are excited to have you and feature you on this episode and very excited for your story. Um, I want to say, so thank you for being here. Also, sure. thank you to Take It Spigot, who is our sponsor and also the NIAAA official ticketing partner. So thank you to them. Also, thank you to Dr. Dustin Smith, my co-host. How are you doing today, Dustin? And I am hanging out like wet clothes, but enjoying the day. Excited for what we're going to learn. And I, I, man, I got my game up because there's pressure. I mean, we got a fellow <laughs> podcaster on the episode today, so I've got to be. We do. Game. <laughs> um, I didn't sleep a whole lot last night because I'm trying to think, all right, I've got to live up to what this is. But man, I'm excited to have Don on the show with us today. Don is I guess you could say we're hanging with the AD today. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's uh, that well done. Podcast <laughs> that he did. And when they started that, it was, I mean, there was only two really going at the time. The on the bench and, and hanging with the ADs really are the trailblazers for what, we, what we're trying to do. Um, just an opportunity to just have discussions with ADs, just talk. Um, Don is the, the AD at Cobb County Schools in Georgia, and we'll discuss that a little bit more and talk about where, where that's really located and how that can, ex- I mean, he's a Georgia guy, um, and I don't know if he's a Georgia fan or not, but, uh, you know, they're high on the mountain because they won the national championship, and, um, but I, I know he mentioned in, before we got recording about Valdosta, which is a uh, well-known, I spent a lot of time at the Division Two level, and I know Valdosta really well um, in that area, so anyway, Don, I want to get into to some things, but I want to first thank you for being on our podcast. I know you do this for, um, and you this old hat for you, so this isn't new, but I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Absolutely. This is a little different. I'm on the other side of the mic this time, so I, I, it, it, is, it is a little different. There's, there's some truth to that. What, what I want to do is, I always like to ask this question to begin, and I want to talk about what the resume doesn't tell us about who Don Baker is. Tell us about likes what you do how you enjoy how you kind of let off steam what's your what's your go-to to to do when you're not being an ad which i know is hard to do because that switch is almost always on what do you do to get away from being an ad yeah sure uh well i'm a very active father to two kids uh my son uh aiden uh he'll be a freshman in one of the high schools that that i serve uh next year Uh, and then my daughter bailey uh, is entering the seventh grade, just turned 12 the other day. Uh, and we, we, both of them keep us pretty busy. Uh, my son swims, uh, my daughter, uh, if, if it has a ball involved, she will play it. Um, and she's, uh, heavily involved and she plays travel soccer and, uh, is really into that. Um, I, I have collected baseball cards, uh, my whole life. Uh, and that's something that I find, a little bit of peace in uh, it's something I can do and it's just me and it's quiet. And uh, I, I like to do that. Um, as you mentioned, uh, being from Georgia, uh, I'm a huge UGA fan, uh, big Braves fan as well. Uh, so it's been a really cool uh, few months for me. Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, and I enjoy watching, you know, both of them, uh, UGA football, Braves baseball, uh, my my television is one of my best friends. I will be honest with you. I love it. Uh, I, you know, and I think that uh, sometimes people don't really fully get this when uh, people that are in education say, 
well, yeah, I'm a, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of people, you know, and they're like, well, you're around people all the time. And I'm like, well, exactly. That's the point, you know? And so when I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not around them, I like to just kind of just do my own thing. So, uh, very family oriented, uh, love my family. I love being, hanging out with them. Uh, and then as you mentioned, uh, uh hosting, uh, the hanging with the AD podcast with one of my local school AD, uh, Josh Matthews. Uh, we started that just prior to the pandemic, uh, love doing that. Uh, and then, uh, hosting the national AD call, uh, that originally was started by Amanda Waters and Ira Childress that they started kind of took that over and kind of rebranded, rebranded it as the AD Roundtable. kind of work on that on the side. So I don't, I don't have many hobbies. Uh, work is my hobby in a lot of ways, but, uh, those are just some of the things that do to kind of, kind of get away from it a little bit. Our job is our life, basically. Uh, I mean, and we're always tuned in and we're on 24-7. I got a call yesterday and the coach said, are you not on? I mean, I was at church. He said, are you not on call 24-7? I'm like, I'll call you when I get down with church. Uh, but yeah. our life is so wrapped up in what we do. Um, and it's always an emergency for our coaches. So we always got to be on tilt. But I, I think it's valuable um, to make sure you set aside that time to get away, to turn it off. Uh, however you got to do that, whether that's baseball cards. And I'm going to ask you this question about a baseball card. What's your favorite baseball card that you possess? Oh, wow. Uh, I've got a Ricky Henderson rookie that I, that is one of my favorite. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I think the, the actual shot of the card uh, is fantastic. Uh, that, that rookie card is, is probably my favorite out of all of them. Yeah. I was a big Ricky Henderson fan back in the day, uh, back when they used to steal bases all the time. And now it's, Kind of back, back when that back when that was the thing, yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> so we talked about Georgia, we talked about Cobb County, but let's play it, put it on a map for people that may not know where Cobb County is and kind of understand where geographically you are. Yeah, sure. So uh, the Cobb County School District uh, is based out of Marietta, Georgia. So we are a little over 20 miles northwest of Atlanta. Uh, so 16 total uh, high schools that have athletics, 17 high schools total. So we're the second largest district in Georgia, uh, 25th largest in the country. We serve over 107,000 kids across 112 schools total. So when the Braves moved out of Atlanta, they moved to Cobb County. So they're they're literally about five miles from where I'm sitting right now. So uh, that gives you kind of a sense of where we're at. So you said it was a good few months, Ben. You crammed that into about, uh, it was a short amount of time. I mean, basically, you know, November and, and January when you crammed in those world championships, national championships. Oh, uh, it was, uh, I'm telling you, I was, at, I was at one of my daughter's soccer practices and I was sitting, you know, with this dad that, that is a friend of mine and, and he was, we were going over like sports uh, you know, wish list, like what, you know, what would be on your, and I said, well, I'll be honest with you, you know, if the Braves could win a championship and the dogs could win a championship, I, I, I'd probably be good at that point. I don't need anything else. And then, I mean, it, then it was like dominoes. I'm like, bam, bam, you know? So, uh, it was, it, it has been a, a great time, uh, to be in the greater Atlanta area, uh, over the last, you know, 12 months for sure. Well, being a Cubs fan, like I am, we waited 108 years to win it, and I think we'll wait another 108 to win it again because um, we've fallen on hard times. But I, I remember the excitement that I had and the enjoyment I had when the Cubs actually did win it, um, which baffles a lot of people. But anyway, I digress. So I don't want to talk about the Cubs um, as bad as they are this year. Um, but I Sensitive do want to talk subject, about, yeah. 
some great stories that you have and talk about your time being an athletic director from your seat of saying, holy smokes, that really just happened. And that's the point of what we're doing, just to have a conversation, uh, talk about stories that, that have impacted you, that you sit back and say, well, and I, I got to think when you've got 16 schools, there's going to be some good ones in there. Your district, you've got to think, golly, there's been some stuff I've been called on. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into a story. I mean, yeah, no, sure. pressure. So, <laughs> no pressure. No pressure is going to put that on you. But None. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and no pressure based on some of the stories I've heard on here. So, um, yeah, the, the first one that I was going to share with you guys is one that came from one of our uh, one of our local schools. And uh, it begins in perfect AD fashion uh, with the AD set a basketball game with the AD underneath the scorer's table repairing it uh, like, you know, mid game uh, when his radio went off uh, and he was called to the ticket booth and didn't really, didn't really say what it was. They were just like, you need to come up here. Uh, so obviously they're a top loader gym. So he had to go from underneath the table uh, after he just fixed the, the scores table. And then he went up to the ticket booth. And by the time that he got to the ticket booth, uh, they, the people at the ticket booth, they said, there's a, a gentleman who has a service animal uh, and he has entered with the service animal. And they were like, okay. He was like, all right. Uh, and they go, well, it's a pit bull. Uh, and it, he didn't have a leash or anything. They just kind of just walked in. And so the people were a little nervous, right? Um, <laughs> it didn't, you know, didn't show any, any paperwork. Didn't just that this is my service did, animal and he kept it moving. Did it have the, yeah. the vest on or anything that said like service animal? Uh, nothing. No. <gasps> Um, and I'll get to that in a second. So naturally, everybody was a little, yeah, they were a little nervous. Well, next thing you know, his radio goes off again and it is the floor. It's the, the other admin that was on the floor. And they said, the official has stopped the game. You need to come down here. Uh, so he, uh, he made the assumption that it had something to do with this pit bull. So he comes down into the gym and the official says, listen, you, we got to do something about this. And the dog was just sitting on the floor, on the bottom of the bleachers, just sitting there with no one around it. It was just sitting there. And he said, okay, that's a, that's a service animal of, of someone who just entered. And then the, the official was like, well, that would be great if we could find out who the dog is serving right now, because the dog <laughs> is just sitting completely by themselves. Um, and so he starts asking around. He there were some people sitting there. They were like, you know, the, this guy over there uh, is the one that that brought it in. And the guy was clear across the on the other side of the gym. Uh, and so he went over to the guy and he goes, "Listen, is that your service animal?" He goes, well, "Yes, it is." And he goes, "Okay, well, are, you need to be with your service animal or whatever." And he goes, "No, it's okay. He's got a shot collar on. If he gets loose, I'll 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 zap him and it'll be it'll be taken care of." And he was like. <laughs> what like like like, no like we're not no you're not you know um but just the 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 all of the what ifs that could have happened you know the dog is on the floor what if the ball goes over there and it hits the dog what if there's a play out of bounds and you know so the ad kind of goes over all of these things um and eventually the guy uh they bring the guy over, uh, and the, my AD got his campus officer involved, which I highly recommend. And they started going through all of the things that most people, 
would think you could you could ask in a situation like that. So they asked they asked for paperwork. He didn't he didn't have to produce any paperwork. They asked for a vest. The dog doesn't have to have a vest on. Um, and oh, all, the only, <laughs> the, the, well, you can do that, uh, but you can only really ask two questions when it comes to a situation like that. You can ask, is the dog a service animal? Is it required because of a disability? And what work or task does the animal, has the animal been trained to perform? And that's really it. That's really all you can ask. Uh, but having the officer there, the officer knew all of the, you know, he knew all this. So my ID was able to go, well, what about this? Can I ask this? And he'd go, nope, can't ask that. Uh, ultimately, you, he, he could ask that the dog be leashed, and the guy conveniently had one in his back pocket. Um, and they moved the dog up a row, uh, and uh, they were able to put the leash on the dog, and, and they were able to kind of make it through the night. But uh, I will tell you this, it was at, at our next district AD meeting, there were five slides on service animals. And what to do. I can, I can promise you that, but yeah, for a situation like that, for it to start underneath the table, fixing the scorers table, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and ending with a random pit bull on the floor uh, of the gym was, uh, a little, a little tense to say the least, not, not just a random service animal. I'd say a random service animal that was a pit bull. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely, uh, it raised the temperature a little bit when, when, uh, especially when he just, he just left it sitting there and he went to go have a conversation on the other side of the gym. So I have never heard of a service animal being a pit bull before. Yep. Uh, and that's yeah. in a very, I mean, games in the gym and games at the stadium are very different. I've always viewed them as very, very different in the stadium. There's a fence, there's, there's space, but in a gym, I mean, if you're fortunate enough to have a larger gym, but in a typical gym, you're talking a couple feet from where fans are to where the court is. So my in my mind, this dog is sitting in front of the bleachers with like his paws near the line of the court. Like this is what's going on in my in my brain. And to have any dog sitting there, because I don't want to be stereotypical against pit bulls either, but right. You, to have any dog sitting there and, you know, not like the way a kid smells as they run by or a ball hits them, like you said, is a little nerve wracking. But for it to be a pit bull is a little bit even more nerve wracking. So I can't even imagine how obviously the officials <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah, they they, the they 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 stopped the game. I mean, they they were they were getting ready just to shut the whole thing down. That, that's how unnerved they were. And, and again, like with a lot of what we do, we have to look in the what ifs, right? Uh, and, and people that just come to an event, they don't, they don't think of it that way. They're just coming to an event. They don't have to think about all of the what ifs. And so that's why uh, I think that the, the, the gentleman that, that had the dog, he didn't really understand like, what's the problem. I don't, I don't understand what the problem is. Um, and uh, luckily we had a, an AD that did a good job, excuse me, did a good job in articulating uh, those what ifs uh, and kind of, you know, it had, had a good ending, uh, but it, we were we were nervous there for a little bit. And, and Georgia's not unaccustomed to live mascots because Uga is always at Georgia games, obviously. And then they had that he had that dust up with Bebo a few years back, uh, where you know live mascots. I say mascots are a thing, but <clears throat> even with these service animals, they can be for about anything nowadays. Um, and so, sure. like you said, the great thing is you had 
an AD who grabbed a resource officer, or police officer that was able to say, yeah, you can, was filter when, filtering what he could say or what he could ask. So basically it's like an HR director for us when we have questions that we're interviewing people on that can say, hey, this is a list of questions you can ask. When I was at the collegiate level, I had this big long printout for one of my basketball coaches and I said, this is what you cannot ask. This is the list of stuff you cannot ask before we go into an interview. So it's similar in that case that you right. have a, an officer who actually knows what you can and cannot ask. But just think about that AD going from the electrician or the the scoreboard or score table repairman to all of a sudden you're thrust into a service animal that happens to be a pit bull. Um, just the the spectrum that you've explained that he had to go through or she had to go through from repairman to all right, let me solve this problem with a pit bull that's supposed to be a service dog. Well, and not only that, and having to do it very quickly. I mean, right. it was one of those kind of things. It was really happening in real time. And by the time he got to the stairs, the dog was down. They had stopped the game, you know, and then having to kind of redirect everything uh, and doing that in a very – because at the same time, like, you don't want to be insensitive. Like, you, mm-hmm. there, there are service animals for a reason. And, and so we understand that and want to be respectful of that. Uh, but at the same time, what can we do and what can't we do? And, and they were able to navigate it pretty good. Well, and you, you cognitively have to switch. Sorry, Austin. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, cognitively, you have to like switch very quickly from, you know, handyman to, you know, being making sure you're doing everything correctly. I would say one thing I'd like to like point out, I think is that I didn't necessarily have an SRO at every single one of my basketball games. Just the ones, you know, I thought were going to be bigger and need it. So I kind of feel like it's a good, this is a good time to say, like, even if you don't necessarily have an SRO, maybe you need to have your SRO's number. Mm -hmm. So you can make that phone call real quick and be like, hey, this is the situation. What do you think? Um, If it's a smaller game, because this can happen. This doesn't have to happen at a rival game. This can happen at any game. Sure. This situation. You know, it's not just a packed gym. So I think, you know, having that resource, like we talk about, you know, the numbers and having numbers and electricians and all of these different numbers and animal control um, on our phones. I think that your your SRO is also a one that you need to add to that list. When he didn't have the knowledge, maybe he did, of who the dog belonged to. I mean, because he wasn't sitting next to the dog. So you've got to you've got to cognitively come up with that and rely mm-hmm. on your gatekeepers or whoever to say, hey. That's their dog, and then have a conversation with them because play is stopped and say, hey, at least we need to move it off the floor. At least get it back a few rows so that we can we can continue a game without because we've got to make sure it's a fair and safe playing environment for kids. So you don't want to obviously you don't want to hurt the dog if somebody fall mm-hmm. on the dog, and then Lord knows what happens after that. But you've got to protect both the dog and the kids. And then you got to protect your your participants, your fans, your patrons that are there that are watching the game. So there's a whole lot of stuff in one little scenario that that you've explained right here. So my question is, were you when were you called in this situation, and did you develop a policy of service dogs and where they can be located? Yeah, so he called me that night uh, once the game was over. Uh, he called uh, because my whole thing is. You know, my, I have answered the phone at Disney. I've answered the phone in the mountains. I've answered the phone at the beach. I've answered the phone at dinner. I'm like, you call me. I don't want surprises. 
go ahead and call me. Uh, and so it was probably, I mean, it was almost 11 o'clock and he, he calls and he goes, listen, I got a good one. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I need a minute. And I was like, okay. And so we talked for about 45 minutes and, um, and then, uh, like I, I mentioned prior to the call, our next AD meeting where we had all of our ADs together, uh, we, I had five slides on service animals, uh, and what you can do, what you cannot do. Uh, and it was uh, formatted in a way that they could print it, have it so that their gatekeepers, uh, would be able to get their, their ticket takers would be able to have it, um, in the event that they had a similar situation, uh, so that we could kind of navigate it better. Uh, but it was all predicated on him doing a good job. Had he, you know, kind of fumbled it there, it really could have been a bigger problem because to your point, it was not one of his parents. Uh, it was a visiting parent. Uh, and so it was not someone that he was familiar with. So when he went back in that gym, he had no idea who he was looking for. He just went to the closest human being next to the dog, started there, worked his way out from there. Um, but yeah, we, we, we did discuss it at that next meeting. We've kind of got a, a plan now uh, moving forward. Well, kudos to him for thinking and being able to address that issue and take it on and, and understanding well, to grab the resource officer and have them present and say, can I ask this? Um, I mean, those are things that I may not have thought about prior to our conversation here. And this is what I love about this, this format of the podcast is it's able to really train us and teach us, train, pun intended, um, to <laughs> be prepared for some of these situations that may come up. Uh, because we have service dogs. We're all going to deal with them at some form or fashion. So being cognizant of a plan. And so we talk about takeaways all the time of how we can get better. And I think that's the point of what we're trying to do is just try to improve. Yeah, we're talking about crazy stuff and stuff that will make you laugh and cringe and everything in between. But at the end of the day, we want to take takeaways from what we're, what the stories are and how we can be better and equip ADs from across the country and across the world of situations that they're going to face. Okay, I may yeah. never face the exact situation, but it's okay to have a plan and be Absolutely. ready. You mentioned uh, mascots and you mentioned equip. I'm going to pull a Dustin Smith here. I'm going to use a word and I'm going to kind of little, little word play here. So you, you, you use the word equip, right? So I can remember I was a, uh, I coached football, uh, for, for years and I was a press box guy. So, uh, I'm up in the box and it's prior to the game. Our mascot was the Mustangs. Uh, and we had a, we had a Mustang, we had a, a, a girl and she would ride the Mustang with the, with the flag and all this kind of stuff. And we were in the, about halfway through the national anthem, uh, and the horse decided that would be a perfect time uh, to uh, to to go to the bathroom and take a bathroom <laughs> break on about the 35 yard line, um, <laughs> you know, like right before right before kickoff. Uh, and fortunately, uh, we had a square uh, shovel uh, that was in the field house uh, and our trainer uh, of all people uh, had to go get it. And we're wrapping up the national anthem as he is taking a square shovel uh, and uh, cleaning up <laughs> on the on the thirty five yard line. So again, let lesson there, all ads. If you got live live mascots, have a square shovel handy because you never know when, when you're going to need that piece of equipment. Yes, yeah, free fertilizer right there. <laughs> That's their environment. 
I'd, well, that was the thing. I was like, you get mad at the horse. I mean, he's when a horse has got to go, horse has got to go. I don't know what to tell you. You know. So the the good thing is, I'm assuming you kicked off from the 40 because that's where we kicked off from yeah. high school level, not the 35. So it wasn't like right there in the yeah the project. yeah mm-hmm. the 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 number one and the number two uh, runners on the kickoff team. They had to kind of navigate a little uh, little space there. Uh, I would rather. I would rather deal with a horse, um, you know, going using the field as a restroom than bus driver using a bus as a restroom. Just saying. <laughs> just putting that out there. I'm just going to go. I'm glad that it was uh, manure and not urine. Because yes. the square shelf is going to do you no good if it's urine. That's just going to be uh, uh, You just you get get your uh, water hose and cross your fingers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what else you do. <laughs> <laughs> in the right spot surface right something <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and, oh and, man and then kind of kind of continuing uh in in that vein i guess uh we had a big uh when i was ad local school ad we had uh each year we had a huge cheer competition uh and we had you know, from all over the state would come. Uh, I mean, it was one of those fire marshal events, right? I mean, it's like you're, you get your fingers crossed because I mean, we are busting at the seams. You can't put another body like in, in the gym. Uh, and we were like minutes away from starting, uh, you know, mats are all the way, you know, close to the door. Um, and the restroom that was literally in the hallway on the other side of the gym, uh, just exploded. Uh, we had uh, a restroom, a sewage backup, and it came out of the restroom into the hallway, was working its way toward the floor. And I mean, there's nothing you can do. We, we're literally, I've got sewage on one end of the hall and I've got glitter and bows on the other side of the hall, like, getting ready to like, like go out to you know perform i mean it was like the 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 biggest contrast of of two things that you could have right um and uh you know i've got our, our lead custodian who was working the event got her on the phone and i'm like you know we got a problem and i need you down here like right now um and she she came down immediately uh and we were able to kind of put it at bay long enough uh that we could kind of get the first team out on the floor and uh then immediately shut the door and and we're able to keep it off of getting on the mat getting in the gym the smell getting like in the gym um and it was really because you know, she was able to, to kind of take over. Uh, and, uh, you know, you talk about lessons there. If, if you were an athletic director and you are not tight with your lead custodian, uh, you're not doing your job, uh, because you're, you're going to need them. Uh, and you, and when you need them, you need them. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and (laughs) and this was one of those, one of those times I I got a, I got a couple side eyes, uh, as, as we're both, uh, you know, squeegeeing, uh, back into the, uh, the, 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 the restroom. But when you have, uh, you know, another note to self, uh, when you have a cheer competition, uh, there will be the possibility uh, of uh, a lot of feminine hygiene products uh, that could possibly uh, be flushed down a toilet and hypothetically back up your sewage system. Uh, and so, um, so yeah, so it, it was, that, that was a, a fun morning, but guess what? Nobody in the gym knew it, and the event went off without a hitch. And I got out of there in a hurry and took a shower. 
so, I want to. I don't. I don't want to uh, miss some points here. Some obvious uh-huh. questions that I'm going to ask. I got some okay. too. Uh, so, at what point are you alerted to the the explosion of the toilet? I was upstairs, uh, you know, kind of just monitoring traffic flow. It was easier. I had a corner in the gym where I could see down into the gym uh, and was just kind of watching the event because we were almost ready to kick it off uh, when she uh, when she I heard my number on the radio, uh, answered it. And normally Tedra was very professional and and with it. uh, And the response was, you need to get down here now. (laughs) <laughs> and so I didn't know if there, you know, I, I, I wouldn't think we'd have too many cheer fights, but it, I mean, it had, it had the tone of maybe, uh, you know, some, some physical altercation was going on. So then I, I took off in that direction. So, so I would have said, I, oh crap. Uh, and then, you know, I got down and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> like really crap. Uh, no, really. It's the real thing down here. Right. Yeah. There ain't no square shovels for that. You, it doesn't matter if square shovels no. there. No, I know. I'm thinking there's like sandbags in the hallway holding it back. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, there were two. There were two sandbags. It was me and her, uh, and, and and two squeegees that she randomly found somewhere because they knew where they were. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was a four alarm for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I just can't imagine. I mean, I, we've all gotten those calls. Hey, we need you here now, and you don't know what you're walking into, and you literally had no clue what you're walking into. You're walking in. <laughs> no, I, no, literally. And I'll tell you this: this is something, you know, most people have on their desk. Uh, they have uh, pictures of their kids. I have this picture. I don't know if you can see that or not. Okay. It's it's a duck. It's a duck on the water. And this Mm -hmm. is advice that my mom gave me years ago. Like you as the leader, you've got to be the duck on the water. So if you see a duck on a pond, looks like it's just cruising, right? I mean, nothing wrong. It's just as smooth and calm underneath the water. It is nuts, right? So it's just chaotic and the feet are going everywhere. And it like that's as ADs, that's who we are. We have to be the duck on the water that we have to. And so when, when you get that, like you need to come down here now, uh, if I just turn around and sprint running off or whatever, that could heighten emotions and that could raise the temperature. And so you just have to just kind of just turn and and briskly walk to where you can get behind a door and then you you hit it running at that point you know um but yeah that was definitely a duck on the water moment for sure and i, I was always told to have duck feathers let it roll off your back because water doesn't stick to it just rolls off their back but a great analogy of what chaos is underneath yeah. um you know another guy in in out and in, in georgia the atlanta area is tim elmore dr tim elmore talks about the iceberg you can see the tip of it but you don't see what all is underneath Yep. And that's usually what we are as ADs. And like you said, you try to walk away and try to address the need, but you don't alert panic with anyone else. So you just got to get there and say, I'm, I'm going. And just think if you'd have waited five minutes, hey, I got to finish oh, this no. conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what would have happened? Um, you know, but but you, you, you can sense the tone in somebody's voice when they say, hey, you're needed right now. Well, and especially if it's a custodian, right? Because they're 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 dealing with a, you know a very fixed set of things, garbage, bathrooms, could be crowd control. You know, like there there's they're all big things uh, when you're talking about an event. And so, uh, yeah, when she anytime that she she hit me up on the radio, it was it was go time. Yeah, and just I, uh, I'm I'm baffled by 
the fact that she had squeegees available in a gym um, and that you were able to use those obviously and prevent anybody else from knowing. And that's when you had a great, that's when ADs do their best work. So everybody mm -hmm. else doesn't know what, what crap you're dealing with. And this in the literal sense, what you were dealing with that everybody else, the cheer competition went on without, without interruption. You were able to solve the problem even with knowing that, okay, our sewer system is going to be tested because there's a bunch of females and there could be hypothetically, as you said, um, products that may be flushed numerous times and hypothetically clog some things up with kind of the intention, I guess. But, um, you know, the fact that you were able to keep it from going out and to interrupting anything that nobody else knew, kudos to you and your, your custodian for being able to do that. There's a couple things I just wanted to like point out first. What I'm taking away from this is that there's a big fight and there's two in the hallway have the same tone over the radio. They so do. You don't, so you, when true, you hear true, that tone. True statement. When you hear that tone, it could be either one of the two. Yes. Um, I agree so, so much that I just want to repeat what you said about um, being close with your custodian. You know, your head one, absolutely. I believe in all of them. Um, they're the ones, those are the worker bees, you know, behind the scenes for making sure your facilities are right for everybody. And, and they do so much. And I know my custodians always went above, above and beyond for me, my kids and my coaches. So I really can't stress that statement enough. I think that's really vital um, for well, a happy only, environment and, too. And, and true, the power of a t-shirt, right? Uh, you know, mm -hmm. make sure that when your coaches order, whether, whether it's t-shirts, whether it's collared shirts, whether it's yep. hoodies, whether it's whatever, you need to add. If you've got five custodians, yep. add five more uh, and make mm -hmm. sure that they get delivered, uh, you know, those things and, and that they know that so they're appreciated because you're yep. going to need them. Yep. Uh, yep. Appreciation is is just massive there. Um, and then my other question I have for you is, is did this happen towards the end of the event? I'm assuming that maybe it did. This wasn't the, was this the beginning? Oh, or? We, we hadn't even kicked the thing off yet. I mean, so, it was. What it did was, you do for a bathroom? Well, we, that that was really being used by by just the teams and the girls downstairs. It wasn't a quote unquote. It wasn't a public restroom. It was okay. just being used by the teams. We we sent them to one to a locker room that was down the hall. They had access to it down there. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was all hands on deck. So we got it kind of contained and then it was, you know, a call into the city to see if they could assist and, and, and help us out, um, in containing it. But no, we had not even started the thing yet. I mean, it was absolutely packed gym music's going vibe is good. Everybody's, you know, getting ready for this thing to kick off and then that happens. So yeah, it was, it was, well, at least it wasn't the crazy. main bathroom, right? <laughs> Like no, it, it could have, it could have been, it's one of those things where you look back at it and you're like, it could have been like so, so much worse uh, than it was it, had it been anywhere else. But we didn't know, you know, I didn't know if this was like on the Goonies, you know, like when sloth pushes right. up the water pipes or whatever, like I, I didn't know what it was going to cause, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen too many movies and I'm like, well, if we, if we plug it here, is it going to shoot off somewhere no. else? I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, you know. I, I go to fast and furious and think about fast five or whatever, five, five or six, where they blew up the sewer system intentionally. And I'm thinking that kind of explosion. Where yeah. Where, and, you know, I, 
I, I had envisioned what is it in Goonies when the guys he's sitting on the toilet and they and he right. blows him through the roof and then he comes <laughs> flying down. I'm like, is are we about to have a you know, like Don, a real situation here? Don yeah. doesn't use a restroom for the rest of the night just in case. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm 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 holding it till I get home. I'm not no. The, the uh, thing I loved is you said the collision between sewer backup and glitter and bows. And that was gonna. They were gonna be. There was gonna be a collision, and those two things don't go together. They uh, do not. Not that much goes with sewage, but <laughs> I'm sensing a big theme that you have here in these stories that you told us today, Don. And um, I mean, you yeah. gotta be ready for the extremes, and the extremes can be bodily functions, bodily functions of animals, or dealing with just a bunch of sewage. But reality is, that's what we do. We go from dealing with Hey, we just think this is going to be a, a quote-unquote normal cheer competition, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it becomes a five-alarm. Holy smokes, we've got to we've got to solve an issue, um, and the only issue those girls may have known is they had to use a different bathroom moving forward. It wasn't right. the same one that they had gone to. So uh, again, I, I don't know. If kudos is the word because you get you've had to deal with some stuff that uh, most people may not have to deal with, but this is stuff, and, and our friend Jake uh, Monsure always talks about the toolbox and loading your toolbox and being able to understand. But you pointed out some good things. Have a have a square shovel, have some squeegees, and always answer when you leave custodian calls because you know that that's going to be. They're usually not calling you, and I I always say our our custodians are the least paid people, but they solve the biggest problems. They do make your life easy, or they can make your life really hard. Uh, and they have to deal with stuff. I was at a camp this morning, and one of my custodians was like, man, there's kids throwing up. I'd rather them do it outside because then you can just put a water hose in okay, but if it's inside, it's a problem. And so I, I'm i a sympathetic thrower-upper, so if somebody throws up, I go with them. Uh, I just kind of just feel like I got to be in, in sync with them. Um, I said, man, I, I can't do that. <clears throat> so if I see that, it's bad news for me, but the things that those those individuals go through from dealing with stuff nobody else wants to deal with, and then when they call you, they know that it's. I mean, he's not calling me if it's just hey, I got to pick up, take out the trash, but he's calling yeah. me when there's a situation that is really needs my attention. Instead of he's not going to bother me if it's hey, there's somebody that left a water bottle right here by the seat. Yeah, been very been very fortunate to work with some wonderful people uh, that in that space, uh, and uh, like you said, they they are they are people that just put in and they work, and a lot of times that goes unnoticed because we only notice when things go sideways, right? Uh, if the event goes off without a hitch, everybody had a good time, people leave, and then they just think it just poof, it, you know, it just happened, uh, and, and and it does just happen. It takes takes a lot of people uh, working really hard. And this was when you weren't at the district office. This was when you were a side AD, correct? Correct. Yeah, I was a lo- local uh, local high school AD at that time. Yep. Hey, I, I just feel- I just can't imagine that phone call and, and walking into that thinking, "Holy smokes, we got." <laughs> Oh yeah, I, around. I mean, I come down a back stairwell because I was, like I said, I was kind of in a corner. And I, right when I come down, I mean, I walked. I mean, it was wet. You know, like I walked, like, and I was like, okay, this wasn't, this wasn't wet this morning. So, so what's like, the problem? I feel like, like the nutshell, like Don Baker says, always be prepared to deal with someone else's crap. 
the overall. You better in this job. You, you can put any 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 AD's name in that sentence. You better be. Yeah. And that can be literal or figurative, whatever you yeah, need it to play be. Play it how you need to. But if yeah. Don Baker's around, crap is probably going to be dealt with. Um, but One the, way or the other. Yeah. That's that's AD's role. I mean, that's what we Dust, do. Yeah. Dustin likes to give nicknames, and I'm concerned about what the nickname is oh, going to be man. for you, Don. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I prefer we lean closer toward the pit bull than the other two, for sure. <laughs> you know, I, I think about, I mean, but but think about these themes of these these stories, and, and what we go for is those moments that are, I mean, we've said it before, the oh crap moments, and this is literal in, in Don's sense uh, a couple of times, <laughs> but as, as you look through these, and you think about how does that make me a better AD dealing with that stuff? Um, and, and I think, I guess my question to you, Don, is you look at takeaways from all of it, from a theme, from somebody who's just listening that may be saying, Oh, and if they're listening, they're cringing and thinking, what would I do? But what themes do you take away or what takeaways do you have in those situations to say, this is how to be prepared? First of all, every, you are the leader, right? Everybody is looking at you to gauge how they need to react. And so it, no matter how hot it is or how cold it is, what, whatever happens, you have to be the one that sets that pace. And so making sure that you are as calm as you can possibly be, regardless of, this, of, of what happens, that's extremely important. Secondly, um, is just trying to go through an event and and do a what if on it. Like, I mean, we've got a, a we've got a live mascot. That the idea that it might do something like this is a possibility. I don't know how many people always think about that until it happens, and then after it happens, you're like, oh, okay, well, sure. And that, again, that's another good part about this podcast is is you get to hear these stories and you get to go ahead and, and build a checklist of things that have never happened to you, but they happen to somebody else. Uh, and so I think it's extremely important that we're learning from other people as well, because um, you're never going to cover it all. Uh, you're never you know, going to just uh, anticipate your sewage line backing up. You're never going to anticipate somebody bringing a live animal that no one really knows what to do with. Uh, but uh, I think that it's, it's trying to, to learn as you hear things as well. And that gets into this whole job about connecting with people uh, and, and listening to people's stories uh, because it, it helps you kind of build that list. But I mean, more than anything else, you've got to be the calm one. Everyone's looking at you to gauge the temperature or what happens next. And so you've got to make sure that, that you're able to do that. Well, what I like to tell my coaches is we've got EAPs and I want them to practice their EAP. So wherever they're at that facility, because that stuff can happen. And so I want them to practice that. Um, and so as we develop our EAPs and we start doing, as you say, the checklist of figuring out, hey, this could also happen. Um, so what do you do if you handle this? If a fight break that breaks out, how do you handle that? Um, if if there's chaos in the stands, what happens? If there's lightning, if there's an active shooter, go through these things. So when they experience it, it's not at the first time they're experiencing that, if that makes sense. So they know exactly yeah. where to take their yeah. kids. They know exactly where to go. They know who's in charge of what. Um, because I think that's imperative for us as, as leaders, as you mentioned earlier. Yes, we got to stay calm, but our coaches are going to have to stay calm in that situation as well and know exactly what they're supposed to do. Now, will they have a plan for live chickens? Will they have a plan for a, a live mascot doing his business on the field? I mean, do you have these things? Probably not. 
but you can start preparing for some things that what if scenarios, what if situations that are going to, they're going to rear their ugly head at some point. We're all going to deal with them. That's what we're counting on with this podcast is that people are going to tell us some stories and be like, oh, I never thought that that could happen. Sure. Yep. Well, and, and to build right off of what you're saying, even if you don't necessarily have that answer, and that's never happened before, but to calmly process that and know I need to make this phone call or I need to do this, or I'm going to keep you here for one second so I can think for a minute, you know, okay. just to be able to calmly, I guess, respond is kind of, you know, bar, more important than anything is just yeah. to calmly think and not have that anxiety. Yeah, I sent an email to my uh, 80s this morning uh, about the the fall, uh, you know, fall events and getting ready and checking your facilities and making sure that just because you checked the lights in the stadium two weeks ago, that doesn't mean that they work right now. You know, we, we've had thunderstorms all week. Um, you don't know if lightning got in there or not, but it, it kind of starting from the front entrance of your school. So if I'm attending a game and I pull in from that moment until I leave, take yourself out just get in a golf cart and do it. Go through that event and think of every single stop that a person may make along the way and check on those things to make sure that whenever it's time to get out of there, that person has left and they've had a good experience. You know, if we don't do those things, if we don't be intentional about it, that's one thing that Josh and I have learned more than anything uh, in talking to people across the country. These leaders that are elite and that are doing big things, they are, all of them are intentional about everything. Whether, you know, I know that Dustin, I know you're, you're a reader um, and and we talk about, you know, some ADs. I don't have time to read. Well, you're not making time for it. If you make time for it, then you'll be able to do it. You, you have to be intentional about it. it check your stadium. Check, do, do the toilets flush? Do the sinks work? Do, you know, do you have what you need in there in case they don't? You know, all that kind of stuff. So, um uh, you know, that's, that's, that is the job. I've got uh, some new ADs that are kind of rolling in this year. Some of them have experience, some have never done the job. Uh, and so you want to be right. It, right. That, 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 that's, that's kind of, everybody wants to, you know, uh, okay, well, let me, let me, let me let you listen to something real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and as I think about it, you use the duck as the visual. Um, and that was advice from your mother. And I think about just in the moment for me, if people can see inside my head when I'm facing a situation, it may be wild and chaotic in there, but I can't portray that to everybody. So right. I've got to be able to do that stuff. And it may be sheer panic of thinking, oh, I'd be thinking, does my locker room have carpet? Because I can't really use the squeegee on the carpet. It ain't going to matter. It's going stick to in, stick in there, and that's going to be a terrible situation. But if it's tile, obviously, you're able to maybe <clears throat> excuse me, keep it at bay. But sometimes, and people may think of Danielle, I'm just going to take this because I put it on a tee for you. They may be surprised that there's actually something in my brain when something's going on or that I have a brain on. But as I think about those situations, the chaos that ensues, because it's, we're human, that's going to happen. We're going to have to sit there and process what's really going on. And it's those moments of, are you kidding me right now that I'm dealing with? But that can't be the outer expression that we have. It may be inside. We're right. like those duck feet. We're just going like crazy. But externally, we've got to be we've got to be a statue, basically. We've got to be um, steady. We got and you said it earlier. You've got to lead, and we don't get to pick what we lead through. We just have to lead. And so sometimes you don't get to say, "Hey, I'm not the AD of the toilet. That's not my job." <laughs> Reality is that's oh, but you are. And that's yeah, yeah. It's 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 all your job. <laughs> 
you know, and, 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 you know, I know that we've talked a lot about, you know, you're having, you're the leader and you've got to be calm and you've got to, everybody's going to kind of feed off of you. That doesn't mean that you can't go back to your office and absolutely lose it. That doesn't mean that when you get home, you and your wife can't have a conversation or you and your significant other can't have a conversation and go, you're not going to believe this. And like, that's important. That doesn't mean that you can't call another AD and go, mm-hmm. Dude, you ain't gonna believe this. Like the, the you, like that's that's therapeutic. That's part of the process as well. You know. So I, I agree. That's my favorite. Is is what you're talking about calling another AD. Those are the people who I think I personally connect with the best because they understand what it's like to be in your seat. You right. know, my my husband, for example, is not in education, so sometimes some things are a little confusing to him. But call another AD and be like, "This just happened," and they're like, "What?" And it's like, yeah. And then you well, talk and, it out a little bit. So yeah, and, and it's only ma- it's only a matter of time before it's gonna happen to them too. Mm-hmm. And so now you're helping build their toolbox. That's what I was talking about. You know, you listening to stuff like this, you, you listen to an A D and they say something, you're like, hmm, I, I think I'd like a little bit more on that. Hit them up. Like in doing this this podcast, what we have learned. And you guys are—I'm sure you guys are learning the same too. The AD community is one of the most collaborative communities that I've ever been a part of. They're, they're like we are all in it for the same thing, and as a result, want to help. You know, we—we we haven't been told. Um, you know, we haven't been told no. Uh, you know, most of the time, people—they'll—they'll they'll respond and they'll—they'll they'll let us know that uh, um, you know that they're—they're they're ready to to help. But I think you make an incredible point, Don, in the fact that there's got to be therapy of some sort. You've got to be able to release it all. You can't keep it all in or pin up. And what happens, unfortunately, in our profession is some people get on an island. And the statistics will tell you AD lifespan is typically three to five years because it's a lot. <laughs> lifespan. <of> <laughs> That's the word you want to pick is lifespan. I would. <laughs> but I would tell you that I think the important part is is just being able, and sometimes this is therapy for us to be able to have this discussion, and we can say, "Oh, okay," and you can get that off your mind. That hey, this is what I dealt with. But I think the key is having that conversation with somebody. You can't just let it boil and boil and boil because at one point it's going to be like the toilet and explode, and you're going to be dealing with the remnants of that. So for 80s listening or watching or whatever they're doing to this podcast, we hope that you're you're tying into a network of somebody. And whether that's Don, whether that's Danielle, whether that's any of the guests we've had previously, Don said it's the collaborative group. We want to share information. We don't want to just hang on to it. I'm not sharing you how we're solving a one-two-one or a two-one-two or whatever. I'm going to tell you hey, this is what I'm dealing with. And we had this parent do this, or we had this situation happen. And so oftentimes that collaboration and why the national convention is so awesome is because you can get together and just tell stories. This is what I'm dealing with. And people are like-minded and understand what you're dealing with. I think that Rich Barton, he said it best. He, we, we talked to him and he was, he was, this was fantastic game changer for, for us. You're the only, you're probably the only person on your campus that does what you do. Right. Like there, other coaches can talk to other coaches. Uh, other APs can talk to other APs. Uh, there's nobody else outside the principal does just their job. There, there's not another AD on that campus. And so you, that's why you've got to get outside of your own walls, uh, you know, and talk to people because you're going to find that a lot of your problems are their problems too. And maybe between the two of you, you, you can, you know, you can fix them. 
But and I, I, I want to ask this question, just because you have 16 ADs that report to you, do you set up a discussion with them to say, hey, call this person? And I don't want to say a mentor, but somebody who can help walk alongside of them and be their sounding board if they need. I mean, you can't force some of that stuff, I get. But yeah. you can make some connections, even with a district like you that's got 16 different ADs. How do you coordinate that with those to make sure that they're able to, to release some information or have somebody that they can go to? Yeah, pretty, you know, we're pretty intentional about like when we get information from ADs, whether it be an eligibility question or a facility question or whatever it may be, we'll kind of categorize that so that if I get a call and, you know, from an AD and they have an eligibility question and I know because a lot of times they don't know the conversations that I have with other ADs, I'll go, listen, the, the, the AD over at this school just had this same problem. And this is how we kind of work through it. Why don't you call them and kind of bounce it off of them to see if they think of, if they thought of anything different than I did. Um, also, if there are schools that are right down the road, uh, you know, maybe they have a similar dynamic in their building, maybe they can help. And so I'll kind of point them in that direction as well. So it's it usually, you know, sometimes it'll start just with a call between the two of them and then they'll call me or it goes the other way. But I, I do that quite often. I'll go, you know what, so-and-so just had this problem. Why don't you call them uh, and, and, Let's all, all three of us will kind of work through it. Well, I think that's, that's huge for us to be able to do that from, uh, you know, even this connection, you and I were talking last week, you're dealing with a home construction project and you're dealing with all this stuff and things come up and they happen, but we can still make a connection and say, okay, I know, I know Don's near Atlanta and it's a lot bigger than what I'm dealing with but he's still a resource. It's somebody that I can tap into and say, okay, Don, let me pick your brain about this situation. <clears throat> and maybe it's information that is too, too close to home for some people. And maybe I have to reach out to somebody that's in another state. Right. Um, and I think that's, what's really cool about, again, back, I don't want to beat a, a dead horse, but as we talk about what's important in this profession, having those, those networks that you can build and it's important to continue to build that not just keep it to a select group but continue to add people to that that are going to give you a different perspective that are going to see something differently that you need to because that's important you can't always just see it from your eyes you need to bounce it off somebody and say hey give me another thought to this to make sure i'm not seeing it a, a way it shouldn't be seen you better well and and to kind of build off of exactly what you guys are talking about um when i first started being an ed i didn't have you know anybody I didn't know what I didn't know I was prepared but I still didn't know what I didn't know and I had an AD um, truck hit who reached out and was very friendly and he was like you know if you need anything let me know if you have a question let me you know I'll, I'll help you and if it wasn't for him I truly don't think I would have made it I don't think I would have been the AD that I became I credit him to so much and what I've tried to do is anytime a new AD came into you know, our county, um, I tried to reach out and do the same thing on the side, on my own, just, hey, if you need anything, here's my number. Don't be afraid to call and ask. No question is silly, you know, and give them that little um, comfort of, of having somebody that they could reach out to. And not only have I one formed awesome relationships with people because of it, but I kind of try to pay it forward. So if I would encourage anybody who has been an AD, who has a new AD, who's about to start in their county, Sorry, my dog is barking. I'm not sure if you guys can hear him or not, but I apologize. Um, but if you have anybody who you can reach out to and and kind of open that door, 
Um, I think that's a really positive thing. And this is the perfect time of the year to do that, right? As we're all going to start, get right back into fall. It's a, it's a perfect time of the year for you to just reach out to any new ADs and just put your hand out there. And you, well, and two, two things that you just said right there. It, number one, when someone says, Hey man, if you need anything, ever call, just call me, do it. That there, that's not just a courtesy thing that people say, like, you know, like, Hey, you will come out to dinner. Oh yeah, I'll be there. Like, no, it's not, it's not like that. Like if they're saying, listen, Hey, if you need anything, call me, do that. And then the second thing is that you be vulnerable. It don't, None of us know at all. We will never know at all. Leadership is an ever evolving animal. And so don't be vulnerable. Call your list. Dude, I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle this. And you don't know, maybe they've already handled it. Maybe they know somebody that has, you know, so being vulnerable and, and taking people up on their offer, I think is extremely important too. Well, I think vulnerability leads to growth and you're not growing if you're not being vulnerable and saying, hey, right. I really don't know. And because you host a podcast doesn't mean you have all the answers. Uh, so you, you're going to be reaching out to people. Uh, and, and I certainly don't have all the answers. So that my, I have some buddies that'll call me and be like, oh, so you ain't going to believe what, what I'm dealing with now. How would you handle this? Right. And after I check them to make sure they're sane, uh, that they're actually calling me and saying, Hey, I need some advice. Um, we will walk through that process, but we're, I think that's why I enjoy reading so much because I'm learning from other people. I read what they have and, and I surround myself by people who, who are smart people that write a book. Um, even Willie Spears, who may not be as smart as some people think he is. I mean, he's written 12 books, so I can learn something from a Willie Spears or from anybody else. Um, so I, I think being vulnerable and saying, you know what, there's no way, even if I've been doing this 35 years, I'm going to know everything. Um, and one of my mentors is Doug Kilgore, and he's always calling, hey, how do you handle this? Mm. Uh, and so if we if we stop growing or stop being vulnerable or stop growing, and then we're going backwards. You always want to progress and you want to learn in that process. So I think there's there's some real truth and some real good nuggets out of those those statements that you made. But I, I, I want to say... But I mean, I've grown today. I appreciate you pouring into us and taking a chance on on our our podcast. I know you're a veteran. Uh, you you have the podcast world by by the tail. I get that. So I, I thank you for jumping on here with us and spending some time with us and and sharing your stories. I thank you for being a faithful listener because you're always commenting or retweeting whenever we post something. So I thank you for listening and and I, I appreciate you grabbing something from what we're doing because it's. As you know, it's a labor of love. It's out there just trying to make the profession better um, in a light that probably needs to be shined on more people. We could do a custodian one and could really see some stories come out of that. But from this oh, standpoint, yes, sure. man, I just thank you from jumping on here and, and taking your time and spending with us. Absolutely. No, I, I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. I think it is it is such practical knowledge that is uh, that ADs are able to flip and turn around and make them better immediately. Uh, and and I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Uh, and so uh, it was an honor uh, to be able to to sit down with you guys for a little while. Well, when we come, I'm assuming you'll be in Nashville so we can meet face to face and I can see yep. you got arms and legs instead of just a, a screenshot. But uh, I look forward to that that meeting where we can have a discussion and sit down and, and talk stories and talk shop and uh, continue to grow our network. Sounds good. And Josh and I are looking yeah. forward to having you two on too. Oh, you, you'll be hanging <laughs> with some ADs, but I'm excited about it. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited about it and to meet up in, in Nashville as well. So thank you. Absolutely.
and we'll be back next wanna, week. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to do the ending, but that's your go-to. I'll do the intro, you do the closing. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you to Dustin, thank you to John, thank you to Tickets Picket for being our sponsor, and we will you know, be back next week with another episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. We are back with a, another episode um, this week, and Don Baker, how are you? Doing great. Glad to be here. We are excited to have you and feature you on this episode and very excited for your story. Um, I want to say, so thank you for being here. Also, sure. thank you to Tickets Spigot, who is our sponsor and also the NIAAA official ticketing partner. So thank you to them. Also, thank you to Dr. Dustin Smith, my co-host. How are you doing today, Dustin? Man, I am hanging out like wet clothes, but enjoying the day, excited for what we're going to learn. And I, I, man, I got my game up because there's pressure. I mean, we got a fellow <laughs> podcaster on the episode today, so I've got to be do. on the game. <laughs> um, I didn't sleep a whole lot last night because I'm trying to think, all right, I've got to live up to what this is. But man, I'm excited to have Don on the show with us today. Don is I guess you could say we're hanging with the AD today. Um, mm-hmm. I know it's uh, that well podcast that he did. And when they started that, it was, I mean, there's only two really going at the time. The on the bench and, and hanging with the ADs really are the trailblazers for what, we, what we're trying to do. Um, just an opportunity to just have discussions with ADs, just talk. Um, Don is the, the AD at Cobb County Schools in Georgia, and we'll discuss that a little bit more and talk about where, where that's really located and how that can, ex- I mean, he's a Georgia guy, um, and I don't know if he's a Georgia fan or not, but, uh, you know, they're high on the mountain because they won the national championship, and, um, but I, I know he mentioned in, before we got recording about Valdosta, which is a uh, well-known, I spent a lot of time at the Division II level, and I know Valdosta really well um, in that area, so anyway, Don, I want to get into to some things, but I want to first thank you for being on our podcast. I know you do this for, um, and you this old hat for you, so this isn't new, but I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Absolutely. This is a little different. I'm on the other side of the mic this time, so I, I, it, it, is, it is a little different. There's, there's some truth to that. <laughs> what I want to do is, I always like to ask this question to begin, and I want to talk about what the resume doesn't tell us about who Don Baker is. Tell us about likes what you do how you enjoy how you kind of let off steam what's your what's your go-to to to do when you're not being an ad which i know is hard to do because that switch is almost always on what do you do to get away from being an ad yeah sure uh well i'm a very active father to two kids uh my son uh aiden uh he'll be a freshman in one of the high schools that that i serve uh next year Uh, and then my daughter bailey uh, is entering the seventh grade, just turned 12 the other day. Uh, and we, we, both of them keep us pretty busy. Uh, my son swims, uh, my daughter, uh, if, if it has a ball involved, she will play it. Um, and she's, uh, heavily involved and plays travel soccer and, uh, is really into that. Um, I, I have collected baseball cards, uh, my whole life. Uh, and that's something that I find, a little bit of peace in uh, it's something I can do and it's just me and it's quiet. And uh, I, I like to do that. Um, as you mentioned, uh, being from Georgia, uh, I'm a huge UGA fan, uh, big Braves fan as well. Uh, so it's been a really cool uh, few months 
for me. Uh, it's been fantastic. Um, and I enjoy watching, you know, both of them, uh, UJ football, Braves baseball. Uh, my, my television is one of my best friends. I will be honest with you. I love it. Uh, you know, and I think that, uh, sometimes people don't really fully get this when uh, people that are in education say, well, you know, I don't know if I'm a huge fan of people, you know, and they're like, well, you're around people all the time. And I'm like, well, exactly. That's the point, you know? And so when I'm not, (laughs) when I'm not around them, I like to just kind of just do my own thing. So, uh, very family oriented, uh, love my family. I love being, hanging out with them. Uh, and then as you mentioned, uh, uh, hosting, uh, the hanging with the AD podcast with one of my local school AD, uh, Josh Matthews. Uh, we started that just prior to the pandemic, uh, love doing that. Uh, and then, uh, hosting the national AD call, uh, that originally was started by Amanda Waters and Ira Childress that they started kind of took that over and kind of rebranded, rebranded it as the AD Roundtable. kind of work on that on the side. So I don't, I don't have many hobbies. Uh, the work is my hobby in a lot of ways, but, uh, th- those are just some of the things that I do to kind of, kind of get away from it a little bit. Yeah, but our job is our life, basically. Uh, I mean, and we're always tuned in and we're on 24-7. I got a call yesterday and coach said, are you not on? I mean, I was at church. He said, are you not on call 24-7? I'm like, I'll call you when I get done with church. Uh, but yeah. our life is so wrapped up in what we do. Um, and it's always an emergency for our coaches. So we always got to be on tilt. But I, I think it's valuable um, to make sure you set aside that time to get away, to turn it off. Uh, however you got to do that whether that's baseball cards and I'm going to ask you this question about a baseball card what's your favorite baseball card that you possess oh wow uh, I've got a Ricky Henderson rookie that I that is one of my favorite I think it's beautiful uh, I think the the actual shot of the card uh, is fantastic uh, that that rookie card is is probably my favorite out of all of them yeah I was a big Ricky Henderson fan back in the day uh, back when they used to steal bases all the time and now it's kind of back, back when that back when that was the thing yes right yes. <laughs> so we talked about georgia we talked about cobb county but let's play it put it on a map for people that may not know where cobb county is and kind of understand where geographically you are yeah sure so uh the cobb county school district uh, is based out of marietta georgia so we are a little over 20 miles northwest of atlanta uh, so 16 total uh, high schools that have athletics, 17 high schools total. So we're the second largest district in Georgia, uh, 25th largest in the country. We serve over 107,000 kids across 112 schools total. So when the Braves moved out of Atlanta, they moved to Cobb County. So they're they're literally about five miles from where I'm sitting right now. So uh, that gives you kind of a sense of where we're at. So you said it was a good few months, Ben. You crammed that into about, uh, it was a short amount of time. I mean, basically, you November and, and January when you crammed in those world championships, national championships. Uh, it was, uh, I'm telling you, I was, at, I was at one of my daughter's soccer practices and I was sitting, you know, with this dad that, that is a friend of mine and, and he was, we were going over like sports uh, you know, wish list, like what, you know, what would be on your, and I said, well, I'll be honest with you, you know, if the Braves could win a championship and the dogs could win a championship, I, I, I'd probably be good at that point. I don't need anything else. And then, I mean, it, then it was like dominoes. I mean, bam, bam, you know, so uh, it was, it, it has been a, a great time uh, to be in the greater Atlanta area uh, over the last, you know, 12 months for sure. Well, being a Cubs fan, like I am, 
we waited 108 years to win it, and I think we'll wait another 108 to win it again because um, we've fallen on hard times. But I, I remember the excitement that I had and the enjoyment I had when the Cubs actually did win it, um, which baffles a lot of people. But anyway, I digress. So I don't want to talk about the Cubs um, as bad as they are this year. Um, but I do Sensitive want to talk subject, about yeah. some great stories that you have and talk about your time being an athletic director from your seat of saying, holy smokes, that really just happened. And that's the point of what we're doing, just to have a conversation, uh, talk about stories that, that have impacted you, that you sit back and say, well, and I, I got to think when you've got 16 schools. There's going to be some good ones in there. Your district seat, you've got to think, golly, there's been some stuff I've been called on. So I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into a story. I mean, yeah, no, sure. pressure. So <laughs> no pressure. No pressure as we put that on you. But None. Like yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and no pressure based on some of the stories I've heard on here. So, um, yeah, the, the first one that I was going to share with you guys is one that came from one of our uh, one of our local schools. And uh, it begins in perfect AD fashion uh, with the AD set a basketball game with the AD underneath the scorers table repairing it uh, like, you know, mid game uh, when his radio went off and he was called to the ticket booth. And didn't really, didn't really say what it was. They were just like, you need to come up here. Uh, so obviously they're a top loader gym. So he had to go from underneath the table uh, after he just fixed the, the scorer's table. And then he went up to the ticket booth. And by the time that he got to the ticket booth, uh, they, the people at the ticket booth, they said, there's a, a gentleman who has a service animal. Uh, and he has entered with the service animal. And they were like, okay. He was like, all right. Uh, and they go, well, it's a pit bull. Uh, and it, he didn't have a leash or anything. They just kind of just walked in. And so the people were a little nervous, right? Um, <laughs> it didn't, you know, didn't show any, any, any paperwork. Didn't just said, this is my service did, animal and he kept it moving. Did it have the, yeah. the vest on or anything that said like service animal? Uh, nothing. No. <gasps> um, and I'll get to that in a second. So naturally, everybody was a little, yeah, they were a little nervous. Well, next thing you know, his radio goes off again, and it is the floor. It's the, the other admin that was on the floor, and they said, the official has stopped the game. You need to come down here. Uh, so he, uh, he made the assumption that it had something to do with this pit bull. So he comes down into the gym, and the official says, listen, you, we got to do something about this. And the dog was just sitting on the floor on the bottom of the bleachers, just sitting there with no one around it. It was just sitting there. And he said, okay, that's a, that's a service animal of, of someone who just entered. And then the, the official was like, well, that would be great if we could find out who the dog is serving right now, because the dog <laughs> is just sitting completely by themselves. Um, and so he starts asking around, he, there were some people sitting there and they were like, you know, the, this guy over there uh, is the one that that brought it in. And the guy was clear across the on the other side of the gym. Uh, and so he went over to the guy and he goes, listen, is that your service animal? And he goes, well, yes, it is. And he goes, OK, well, are, you need to be with your service animal or whatever. And he goes, no, it's OK. He's got a shot collar on. If he gets loose, I'll I'll, I'll zap him and it'll be it'll be oh. taken care of. And he was like. <laughs> what like, like like no like we're not no you're not you know um but just the 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 all of the what ifs that could have happened you know the dog is on the floor what if a 
the ball goes over there and, and hits the dog? What if there's a play out of bounds? And, you know, so the AD kind of goes over all of these things. Um, and eventually the guy, uh, they bring the guy over uh, and the, my AD got his campus officer involved, which I highly recommend. And they started going through all of the things that most people uh, would think you could, you could ask in a situation like that. So they asked, they asked for paperwork. He didn't, he didn't have to produce any paperwork. They asked for a vest. The dog doesn't have to have a vest on. Um, and oh, all, the only, <laughs> the, the, well, you can do that. Uh, but, you can only really ask two questions when it comes to a situation like that. You can ask, is the dog a service animal? Is it required because of a disability? And what work or task does the animal, has the animal been trained to perform? And that's really it. That's really all you can ask. Uh, but having the officer there, the officer knew all of the, you know, he knew all this. So my ID was able to go, well, what about this? Can I ask this? And he'd go, nope, can't ask that. Uh, ultimately, you he, he could ask that the dog be leashed and the guy conveniently had one in his back pocket. Um, and they moved the dog up a row uh, and uh, they were able to put the leash on the dog and, and they were able to kind of make it through the night. But uh, I will tell you this, it was at, at our next district AD meeting, there were five slides on service animals and what to do. I can, I can promise you that, but yeah, for a situation like that, for it to start, underneath the table fixing the scorers table mm -hmm. you know uh and ending with a random pit bull on the floor uh, of the gym was uh a little little tense to say the least not, not just a random service animal i'd say a random service animal that was a pit bull <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it, it definitely uh it raised the temperature a little bit when when uh, especially when he just he just left it sitting there and he went to go have a conversation on the other side of the gym so I have never heard of a service animal being a pit bull before. Yep. Uh, and that's in a very, I mean, games in the gym and games at the stadium are very different. I've always viewed them as very, very different. In the stadium, there's a fence, there's, there's space. But in a gym, I mean, if you're fortunate enough to have a larger gym, but in a typical gym, you're talking a couple feet from where fans are to where the court is. So my in my mind this dog is sitting in front of the bleachers with like his paws near the line of the court like this is what's going on in my in my brain and to have any dog sitting there because I don't want to be stereotypical against pit bulls either but right. you, to have any dog sitting there and you know not like the way a kid smells as they run by or a ball hits them like you said is a little nerve wracking, but for it to be a pit bull is a little bit even more nerve wracking. So I can't even imagine how obviously the officials didn't enjoy it. Yeah, they they they, the they they stopped the game. I mean, they they were they were getting ready just to shut the whole thing down. That, that's how unnerved they were. And, and again, like with a lot of what we do, we have to look in the what ifs, right? Uh, and and people that just come to an event, they don't they don't think of it that way. They're just coming to an event. They don't have to think about all of the what ifs. And so that's why uh, I think that the, the, the gentleman that, that had the dog, he didn't really understand like, what's the problem. I don't, I don't understand what the problem is. Um, and uh, luckily we had a, an AD that did a good job, excuse me, did a good job in articulating uh, those what ifs uh, and kind of, you know, it had, had a good ending, uh, but it, we were, we were nervous there for a little bit. And, and George is not, unaccustomed to 
live mascots because Uga is always at Georgia Games, obviously, and then they had that he had that dust up with Devo a few years back. Uh, where you know live mascots, I say mascots are a thing, but <clears throat> even with these service animals, they can be for about anything nowadays. Um, and so, sure. like you said, the great thing is you had an AD who grabbed a resource officer or police officer that was able to say, yeah, you can, was filter one, filtering what he could say or what he could ask. So basically it's like an HR director for us when we have questions that we're interviewing people on that can say, hey, this is a list of questions you can ask. When I was at the collegiate level, I had this big long printout from one of my basketball coaches and I said, this is what you cannot ask. This is the list of stuff you cannot ask before we go into an interview. So it's similar in that case that you right. have an, an officer who actually knows what you can and cannot ask. But just think about that AD going from the electrician or the, the scoreboard or score table repairman to all of a sudden you're thrust into a service animal that happens to be a pit bull. Um, just the, the spectrum that you've explained that he had to go through or she had to go through from repairman to all right, let me solve this problem with a pit bull that's supposed to be a service dog. Well, and not only that, and having to do it very quickly. I mean, right. it was one of those kind of things. It was really happening in real time. And by the time he got to the stairs, the dog was down. They had stopped the game, you know, and then having to kind of redirect everything uh, and doing that in a very, because at the same time, like, you don't want to be insensitive. Like you, mm -hmm. there, there are service animals for a reason. And, and so we understand that and want to be respectful of that. Uh, but at the same time, what can we do and what can't we do? And, and they were able to navigate it pretty good. Well, and you, you cognitively have to switch. Sorry, Austin, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, it's cognitively, you have to like switch very quickly from, you know, handyman to, you know, being making sure you're doing everything correctly. I would say one thing I'd like to like point out, I think is that I didn't necessarily have an SRO at every single one of my basketball games just the ones, you know, I thought were going to be bigger and need it. So I kind of feel like it's a good, this is a good time to say, like, even if you de don't necessarily have an SRO, maybe you need to have your SRO's number. Mm -hmm. So you can make that phone call real quick and be like, Hey, this is the situation. What do you think? Um, if it's a smaller game, because this can happen, this doesn't have to happen at a rival game. This can happen at any game. Sure. This situation. Yeah. You know, it's not just a packed gym. So I think, you know, having that resource, like we talk about, with, you know, the numbers and having numbers and electricians and all of these different numbers and animal control um, on our phones. I think that your, your SRO is also a one that you need to add to that list. When he didn't have the knowledge, maybe he did, of who the dog belonged to. I mean, because he wasn't sitting next to the dog. So you've got to, you've got to cognitively come up with that and rely mm -hmm. on your gatekeepers or whoever to say, hey, that's their dog and then have a conversation with them because play is stopped and say, Hey, at least we need to move it off the floor, at least get it back a few rows so that we can, we can continue a game without, because we've got to make sure it's a fair and safe playing environment for kids. So you don't want to, obviously you don't want to hurt the dog. If somebody fall mm -hmm. on the dog and then Lord knows what happens after that, but you've got to protect both the dog and the kids. And then you got to protect your, your participants or your fans, your patrons that are there that are watching the game. So there's a whole lot of stuff in one little scenario that, that you've explained right here. So my question is, were you when were you called in this situation and did you develop a policy of service dogs and where they can be located? 
Yeah, so he called me that night uh, once the game was over. Uh, he called uh, because my whole thing is, you know, my, I have answered the phone at Disney. I've answered the phone in the mountains. I've answered the phone at the beach. I've answered the phone at dinner. I'm like, you call me. I don't want surprises. Go ahead and call me. Uh, and so it was probably, I mean, it was almost 11 o'clock. And he, he calls and he goes, listen, I got a good one. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but I need a minute. And I was like, okay. And so we talked for about 45 minutes. And um, and then, uh, like I, I mentioned prior to the call, our next AD meeting where we had all of our ADs together, uh, we I had five slides on service animals uh, and what you can do, what you cannot do. Uh, and it was uh, formatted in a way that they could print it, have it so that their gatekeepers uh, would be able to get their, their ticket takers would be able to have it um, in the event that they had a similar situation uh, so that we could kind of navigate it better. Uh, but it was all predicated on him doing a good job. Had he you know, kind of fumbled it there, it really could have been a bigger problem because to your point, it was not one of his parents. Uh, it was a visiting parent. Uh, and so it was not someone that he was familiar with. So when he went back in that gym, he had no idea who he was looking for. He just went to the closest human being next to the dog, started there, worked his way out from there. Um, but yeah, we, we, we did discuss it at that next meeting. We've kind of got a, a plan now uh, moving forward. Well, kudos to him for thinking and being able to address that issue and take it on and, and understanding well, to grab the resource officer and have them present and say, can I ask this? Um, I mean, those are things that I may not have thought about prior to our conversation here. And this is what I love about this, this format of the podcast is it's able to really train us and teach us, train, pun intended, um, to <laughs> be prepared for some of these situations that may come up uh, because we have service dogs. We're all going to deal with them at some form or fashion. So being cognizant of a plan. And so we talk about takeaways all the time of how we can get better. And I think that's the point of what we're trying to do is just try to improve. Yeah. We're talking about crazy stuff and stuff that will make you laugh and cringe and everything in between. But at the end of the day, we want to take takeaways from what we're, what the stories are and how we can be better and equip ADs from across the country and across the world of situations that they're going to face. Okay, I may never face the exact situation, but it's okay to have a plan and be Absolutely. ready. You mentioned uh, mascots and you mentioned equip. I'm going to pull a Dustin Smith here. I'm going to use a word and I'm going to kind of, little, little wordplay here. So you, you, you use the word equip, right? So I can remember I was a, uh, I coached football, uh, for, for years and I was a press box guy. So, uh, I'm up in the box and it's prior to the game. Our mascot was the Mustangs. Uh, and we had a, we had a Mustang, we had a, a, a girl and she would ride the Mustang with the, with the flag and all this kind of stuff. And we were in the about halfway through the national anthem, uh, and the horse decided that would be a perfect time uh, to, uh, to, to go to the bathroom and take a bathroom <laughs> break on about the 35 yard line, um, you know, like right before, right before kickoff. Uh, and fortunately, uh, we had a square uh, shovel uh, that was in the field house uh, and our trainer uh, of all people uh, had to go get it. And we're wrapping up the national anthem as he is taking a square shovel uh, and uh, cleaning up <laughs> the, on the on the 35 yard line. So again, let lesson there. 
all ADs, if you got live live mascots, have a square shovel handy because you never know when, when you're going to need that piece of equipment. Yes. Yeah, free fertilizer right there. That's their environment. <laughs> well, that was the thing. I was like, you get mad at the horse? I mean, he's, <laughs> when a horse has got to go, horse has got to go. I don't know what to tell you, you know. So the, the good thing is I'm assuming you kicked off from the 40 because that's where we kicked off from yeah. high school level, not the 35. So it wasn't like right there in the – yeah the, yeah the 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 number one and the number two uh runners on the kickoff team they had to kind of navigate a little uh little space there uh i would rather i would rather deal with a horse um you know going using the field as a restroom than bus driver using a bus as a restroom just saying <laughs> just putting that i'm just gonna go i'm glad that it was uh manure and not urine because yes. the square shelf is going to do you no good if it's urine that's just going to be uh, you just you get get your a water hose and cross your fingers i guess <laughs> i don't know what else you do <laughs> <laughs> the right spot Surface, right something <laughs> yeah uh, yeah and, oh and, man and then kind of kind of continuing uh in in that vein i guess uh, we had a big, uh, when I was AD, local school AD, we had uh, each year, we had a huge cheer competition. Uh, and we had, you know, from all over the state would come. Uh, I mean, it was one of those fire marshal events, right? I mean, it's like you're, you get your fingers crossed because, I mean, we are busting at the seams. You can't put another body like in in the gym uh and we were like minutes away from starting uh you know mats are all the way you know close to the door um and the restroom that was literally in the hallway on the other side of the gym uh just exploded uh we had a, a restroom a sewage backup and it came out of the restroom into the hallway was working its way toward the floor and i mean there's nothing you can do we, we're literally i've got sewage on one end of the hall and i've got glitter and bows on the other side of the hall like, getting ready to like like go out to you know perform i mean it was like the the, the biggest contrast of of two things that you could have right um and uh you know i've got our our lead custodian who was working the event got her on the phone and i'm like you know we got a problem and i need you down here like right now um and she she came down immediately uh and we were able to kind of put it at bay long enough uh that we could kind of get the first team out on the floor and uh then immediately shut the door and and we're able to keep it off of getting on the mat getting in the gym the smell getting like in the gym um and it was really because you know she was able to to kind of take over uh and uh you know if you talk about lessons there if if you were an athletic director and you are not tight with your lead custodian uh you're not doing your job uh right. because you're you're gonna need them uh and you and when you need them you need them uh, and, and, and this was one of those, one of those times I, I got a, I got a couple side eyes, uh, as, as we're both, uh, you know, squeegeeing, uh, back into the, uh, the, 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 the restroom. But when you have, uh, you know, another note to self, uh, when you have a cheer competition, uh, there will be the possibility, uh, of uh, a lot of feminine hygiene products, uh, that could possibly, uh, be flushed down a toilet and hypothetically back up your sewage system. Uh, and so, um, 
so yeah, so it, it was that that was a, a fun morning. But guess what? Nobody in the gym knew it, and the event went off without a hitch. And I got out of there in a hurry and took a shower. So, <laughs> so I want to. I don't. I don't want to uh, miss some points here. Some obvious uh -huh. questions that I'm going to ask. I got some okay. too. <laughs> uh, so, at what point are you alerted to the the explosion of the toilet? I was upstairs, uh, you know, kind of just monitoring traffic flow. It was easier. I had a corner in the gym where I could see down into the gym uh, and was just kind of watching the event because we were almost ready to kick it off uh, when she, uh, when she, I heard my number on the radio, uh, answered it. And normally Tedra was very professional and, and with it. Uh, and the response was, you need to get down here now. <laughs> and so I didn't know if there, you know, I, I, I wouldn't think we'd have too many cheer fights, but it, I mean, it had, it had the tone of maybe, uh, you know, some, some physical altercation was going on. So then I, I took off in that direction. So, so I would have said, I, oh crap. And then, you know, I got down there and be like, oh, <laughs> like really crap. Uh, no, really. It's the real thing down here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no square shovels for that. You, it doesn't matter a square shovel. No. There. No, I don't think of there's like sandbags in the hallway holding it back. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, there were two. There were two sandbags. It was me and her, uh, and 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 two squeegees that she randomly found somewhere because they knew where they were. Um, and uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was a. It was a four alarm for sure. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just can't imagine. I mean, I, we've all gotten those calls. Hey, we need you here now. And you don't know what you're walking into. And you literally had no clue what you're walking into. You're walking into. <laughs> no, I, no, literally. And I'll tell you this, this is something, you know, most people have on their desk. Uh, they have uh, pictures of their kids. I have this picture. I don't know if you right. can see that or not. Okay. It's, it's a duck. It's a duck on the water. And this mm -hmm. is the advice that my mom gave me years ago. Like you as the leader, you've got to be the duck on the water. So if you see a duck on a pond, looks like it's just cruising, right? I mean, nothing wrong. It's just as smooth and calm underneath the water. It is nuts, right? So it's just chaotic and the feet are going everywhere. And it, like that's as ADs, that's who we are. We have to be the duck on the water Like we have to. And so when, when you get that, like you need to come down here now, uh, if I just turn around and sprint running off or whatever, that could heighten emotions and that could raise the temperature. And so you just have to just kind of just turn and and briskly walk to where you can get behind a door and then you you hit it running at that point you know um but yeah that was definitely a duck on the water moment for sure and i, I was always told to have duck feathers let it roll off your back because water doesn't stick to it just rolls off their back but a great analogy of what chaos is underneath yeah. um you know another guy in in out and in, in georgia the atlanta area is tim elmore dr tim elmore talks about the iceberg you can see the tip of it but you don't see what all is underneath Yep. And that's usually what we are as ADs. And like you said, you try to walk away and try to address the need, but you don't alert panic with anyone else. So you've just got to get there and say, I'm, I'm going. And just think if you'd have waited five minutes, hey, I got to finish oh, this no. conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, what what would have happened? Um, you know, but but you, you, you can sense the tone in somebody's voice when they say, hey, you're needed right now. Well, and especially if it's a custodian, right? Because they're, right. they're, they're dealing with, uh, you know, a very fixed set of things, garbage, bathrooms, 
could be crowd control. You know, like there, there's, they're all big things uh, when you're talking about an event. And so, uh, yeah, when she, anytime that she, she hit me up on the radio, it was, it was go time. Yeah. And just, I, uh, I'm, I'm baffled by the fact that she had squeegees available in a gym um, and that you were able to use those obviously and prevent anybody else from knowing. And that's when you had a great, that's when ADs do their best work. So everybody mm -hmm. else doesn't know what, what crap you're dealing with. And this in the literal sense, what you were dealing with that everybody else, the cheer competition went on without, without interruption. You were able to solve the problem even with knowing that, okay, our sewer system is going to be tested because there's a bunch of females and there could be hypothetically, as you said, um, products that may be flushed numerous times and hypothetically clog some things up with kind of the intention, I guess. But, um, you know, the fact that you were able to keep it from going out and to interrupting anything that nobody else knew, kudos to you and your, your custodian for being able to do that. There's a couple things I just wanted to like point out first. What I'm taking away from this is that there's a big fight and there's poo in the hallway have the same tone over the radio. They so do. You don't, so you, when true, you hear true, that tone. True statement. When you hear that tone, it could be either one of the two. Yes. Um, I agree so, so much that I just want to repeat what you said about um, being close with your custodian. You know, your head one, absolutely. I believe in all of them. Um, they're the ones, those are the worker bees, you know, behind the scenes for making sure your facilities are right for everybody. And, and they do so much. And I know my custodians always went above, above and beyond for me, my kids and my coaches. So I really can't stress that statement enough. I think that's really vital um, for well, a happy only, environment and, too. And, and true, the power of a t-shirt, right? Uh, you know, make mm -hmm. sure that when your coaches order, whether, whether it's t-shirts, whether it's collared shirts, whether it's yep. hoodies, whether it's whatever, you need to add, if you've got five custodians, yep. add five more. Uh, and make mm -hmm. sure that they get delivered, uh, you know, those things and, and that they know that so they're appreciated because you're yeah. going to need them. Yeah. Uh, yep. Their appreciation is, is just massive there. Um, and then my other question I have for you is, is did this happen towards the end of the event? I'm assuming that maybe it did. This wasn't the, was this the beginning oh, or we, we hadn't even kicked the thing off yet. I mean, so it was, who, what it did was... you do for a bathroom? Well, that, that was really being used by, by just the teams and the girls down. It wasn't a quote unquote, it wasn't a public restroom. It was okay. just being used by the teams. We, we sent them to one, to a locker room that was down the hall. They had access to it down there. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was all hands on deck. So we got it kind of contained and then it was, you know, a call into the city to see if they could assist and, and, and help us out, um, in containing it. But no, we had not even started the thing yet. I mean, it was absolutely packed gym music's going vibe is good. Everybody's, you know, getting ready for this thing to kick off and then that happens. So yeah, it was, it was, well, at least it wasn't the crazy. main bathroom, right? <laughs> Like no, it, it could have, it could have been, it's one of those things where you look back at it and you're like, it could have been like, so, so much worse, uh, than it was, it, had it been anywhere else, but we didn't know, you know, I didn't know if this was like on the Goonies, you know, like when sloth pushes right. up the water pipes or whatever, like, I, I didn't know what it was going to cause, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen too many movies and I'm like, well, if we, if we plug it here, is it going to shoot off somewhere no. else? I was like, I don't, I don't know. You know, you know. 
I go to Fast and Furious and think about Fast Five or whatever, five, five or six, where they blew up the sewer system intentionally. And I'm thinking that kind of explosion. Or yeah. Everywhere I, and, you know, I, I had envisioned, what is it, in Goonies, when the guy's, he's sitting on the toilet and they and he right. blows him through the roof and then he comes <laughs> flying down. I'm like, is, are we about to have a, you know, like Don, a real situation here? Don yeah. doesn't use a restroom for the rest of the night, just in case. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm holding it until I get home. I'm not, no. The, the uh, thing I loved is you said the collision between sewer backups and glitter and bows. And that was gonna. They were gonna be. There was gonna be a collision, and those two things don't go together. They uh, do not. Not that much goes with sewage, but <laughs> I'm sensing a big theme that you have here in these stories that you told us today, Don. And um, I mean, you yeah. gotta be ready for the extremes, and the extremes can be bodily functions, bodily functions of animals, or dealing with just a bunch of sewage. But reality is, that's what we do. We go from dealing with Hey, we just think this is going to be a, a quote-unquote normal cheer competition, um, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it becomes a five-alarm. Holy smokes, we've got to we've got to solve an issue, um, and the only issue those girls may have known is they had to use a different bathroom moving forward. It wasn't right. the same one that they had gone to. So uh, again, I, I don't know. If kudos is the word because you get you've had to deal with some stuff that uh, most people may not have to deal with, but this is stuff, and, and our friend Jake uh, Monsure always talks about the toolbox and loading your toolbox and being able to understand. But you pointed out some good things. Have a have a square shovel, have some squeegees, and always answer when you leave custodian calls because you know that that's going to be. They're usually not calling you, and I I always say our our custodians are the least paid people, but they solve the biggest problems. They do make your life easy, or they can make your life really hard. Uh, and they have to deal with stuff. I was at a camp this morning, and one of my custodians was like, man, there's kids throwing up. I'd rather them do it outside because then you can just put a water hose in okay, but if it's inside, it's a problem. And so I, I'm i a sympathetic thrower-upper, so if somebody throws up, I go with them. Uh, I just kind of just feel like I got to be in, in sync with them. Um, I said, man, I, I can't do that. <clears throat> so if I see that, it's bad news for me, but the things that those those individuals go through from dealing with stuff nobody else wants to deal with, and then when they call you, they know that it's. I mean, he's not calling me if it's just hey, I got to pick up, take out the trash, but he's calling yeah. me when there's a situation that is really needs my attention. Instead of he's not going to bother me if it's hey, there's somebody left a water bottle right here by the seat. Yeah, been very been very fortunate to work with some wonderful people uh, that in that space, uh, and uh, like you said, they they are they are people that just put in and they work, and a lot of times that goes unnoticed because we only notice when things go sideways, right? Uh, if the event goes off without a hitch, everybody had a good time, people leave, and then they just think it just poof, it, you know, it just happened, uh, and, and and it does just happen. It takes takes a lot of people uh, working really hard. And this was when you weren't at the district office. This was when you were a side AD, correct? Correct. Yeah, I was a lo- local uh, local high school AD at that time. Yep. Man, I, I, I just feel- I just can't imagine that phone call and, and walking into that thinking, "Holy smokes, we got." <laughs> Oh yeah, I, around. I mean, I come down a back stairwell because I was, like I said, I was kind of in a corner. And I, right when I come down, I mean, I walked. I mean, it was wet. You know, like I walked, like, and I was like, okay, this wasn't, this wasn't wet this morning. So. 
<laughs> so what's like, the problem? If you're like like the nutshell, like Don Baker says, always be prepared to deal with someone else's crap. <laughs> That's like the overall. <laughs> you better in this job. You, you can put any 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 AD's name in that sentence. You better be. Yeah. And that can be literal or figurative, whatever you yeah, need it to play be. it how you need to. But if yeah. Don Baker's around, crap is probably going to be dealt with. Um, but One the, way or the other. Yeah. That's that's AD's role. I mean, that's what we Dust, do. Yeah. Dustin likes to give nicknames, and I'm concerned about what the nickname is oh, going to be man. for you, Don. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I prefer we lean closer toward the pit bull than the other two, for sure. <laughs> You know, I, I think about, I mean, but but think about these themes of these these stories and, and what we go for is those moments that are, I mean, we've said it before, the oh crap moments, and this is literal in, in Don's sense uh, a couple of times, but as you, as you look through these and you think about how does that make me a better AD, dealing with that stuff, um, and, and I think, I guess my question to you, Don, is you look at takeaways from all of it, from a theme from somebody who's just listening that may be saying, oh, and if they're listening, they're cringing and thinking, what would I do? But what themes do you take away or what takeaways do you have in those situations to say, this is how to be prepared? First of all, every you are the leader, right? Everybody is looking at you to gauge how they need to react. And so it, no matter how hot it is or how cold it is, what, whatever happens, you have to be the one that sets that pace. And so making sure that you are as calm as you can possibly be, regardless of, this, of, of what happens, that's extremely important. Secondly, um, is just trying to go through an event and, and do a what if on it. Like, I mean, we've got a, a, we've got a live mascot that the idea that it might do something like this is a possibility. I don't know how many people always think about that until it happens. And then after it happens, you're like, oh, okay, well, sure. And that, again, that's another good part about this podcast is, is you get to hear these stories and you get to go ahead and, and build a checklist of things that have never happened to you, but they happen to somebody else. Uh, and so I think it's extremely important that we're learning from other people as well, because um, you're never going to cover it all. Uh, you're never you know, going to just uh, anticipate your sewage line backing up. You're never going to anticipate somebody bringing a live animal that no one really knows what to do with. Uh, but uh, I think that it's, it's trying to, to learn as you hear things as well. And that gets into this whole job about connecting with people uh, and, and listening to people's stories uh, because it, it helps you kind of build that list. But I mean, more than anything else, you've got to be the calm one. Everyone's looking at you to gauge the temperature or what happens next. And so you've got to make sure that, that you're able to do that. Well, what I like to tell my coaches is we've got EAPs and I want them to practice their EAP. So wherever they're at that facility, because that stuff can happen. And so I want them to practice that. Um, and so as we develop our EAPs and we start doing, as you say, the checklist of figuring out, hey, this could also happen. Um, so what do you do if you handle this? If a fight break, breaks out, how do you handle that? Um, if, if there's chaos in the stands, what happens? If there's lightning, if there's an active shooter, go through these things so when they experience it, it's not at the first time they're experiencing that, if that makes sense. So they know exactly yeah. where to take their yeah. kids. They know exactly where to go. They know who's in charge of what. Um, because I think that's imperative for us as, as leaders, as you mentioned earlier. Yes, we got to stay calm, but our coaches are going to have to stay calm in that situation as well and know exactly what they're supposed to do. 
Now, will they have a plan for live chickens? Will they have a plan for a, a live mascot doing his business on the field? I mean, do you have these things? Probably not, but you can start preparing for some things that what if scenarios, what if situations that are going to, they're going to rear their ugly head at some point. We're all going to deal with them. That's what we're counting on with this podcast is that people are going to tell us some stories and be like, oh, I never thought that that could happen. Sure. Yep. Well, and, and to build right off of what you're saying, even if you don't necessarily have that answer, and that's never happened before, but to calmly process that and know I need to make this phone call or I need to do this, or I'm going to keep you here for one second so I can think for a minute, you know, okay. just to be able to calmly, I guess, respond is kind of, you know, bar, more important than anything is just yeah. to calmly think and not have that anxiety. Yeah, I sent an email to my uh, 80s this morning uh, about the the fall, uh, you know, fall events and getting ready and checking your facilities and making sure that just because you checked the lights in the stadium two weeks ago, that doesn't mean that they work right now. You know, we, we've had thunderstorms all week. Um, you don't know if lightning got in there or not, but it, it kind of starting from the front entrance of your school. So if I'm attending a game and I pull in from that moment until I leave, take yourself just get in a golf cart and do it. Go through that event and think of every single stop that a person may make along the way and check on those things to make sure that whenever it's time to get out of there, that person has left and they've had a good experience. You know, if we don't do those things, if we don't be intentional about it, that's one thing that Josh and I have learned more than anything uh, in talking to people across the country. These leaders that are elite and that are doing big things, they are, all of them are intentional about everything whether you know i know that dustin i know you're, you're a reader um and and we talk about you know some ad i don't have time to read well you're not making time for it if you make time for it then you'll be able to do it you you have to be intentional about it, it check your stadium check do do the toilets flush do the sinks work do you know do you have what you need in there in case they don't you know all that kind of stuff so um uh, you know, that's, that's, that is the job. I've got uh, some new ADs that are kind of rolling in this year. Some of them have experience, some have never done the job. Uh, and so you want to be right. It, right. That, 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 that's, that's kind of, everybody wants to, you know, uh, okay, well, let me, let me, let me let you listen to something real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and as I think about it, you use the duck as the visual. Um, and that was advice from your mother. And I think about just in the moment for me, if people can see inside my head when I'm facing a situation, it may be wild and chaotic in there, but I can't portray that to everybody. So right. I've got to be able to do that stuff. And it may be sheer panic of thinking, oh, I'd be thinking, does my locker room have carpet? Because I can't really use the squeegee on the carpet. It ain't going to matter. It's going stick to in, stick in there, and that's going to be a terrible situation. But if it's tile, obviously, you're able to maybe <clears throat> excuse me, keep it at bay. But sometimes, and people may think of Daniel, I'm just going to take this because I put it on a tee for you. They may be surprised that there's actually something in my brain when something's going on or that I have a brain <laughs> on. But as I think about those situations, the chaos that ensues, because it's, we're human, that's going to happen. We're going to have to sit there and process what's really going on. And it's those moments of, are you kidding me right now that I'm dealing with? But that can't be the outer expression that we have. It may be inside. We're right. like those duck feet. We're just going like crazy, but externally we've got to be, we've got to be a statue basically. We've got to be um, steady. We got, and you said it earlier, you've got to lead and we don't get to pick what we lead through. We just have to lead. And so sometimes you don't get to say, Hey, I'm not the AD of the toilet. That's not my job. <laughs> we 
reality is that's oh, but you are. And that's yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all your job, you know. And and you know, I know that we've talked a lot about you know you're having you're the leader and you've got to be calm and you've got to everybody's going to kind of feed off of you. That doesn't mean that you can't go back to your office and absolutely lose it. That doesn't mean that when you get home, you and your wife can't have a conversation or you and your significant other can't have a conversation and go. You're not going to believe this. And like that's important. There, that doesn't mean that you can't call another AD and go. Mm-hmm. Dude, you ain't gonna believe this. Like the, the you, like that's that's therapeutic. That's part of the process as well. You know. So I, I agree. That's my favorite. Is is what you're talking about calling another AD. Those are the people who I think I personally connect with the best because they understand what it's like to be in your seat. You right. know, my my husband, for example, is not in education, so sometimes some things are a little confusing to him. But call another AD and be like, "This just happened," and they're like, "What?" <laughs> like. Yeah. And then well, you talk and, it out a little bit. So yeah. And, and it's only, ma- it's only a matter of time for it's going to happen to them too. And mm-hmm. so now you're helping build their toolbox. That's what I was talking about. You know, you listening to stuff like this, you, you listen to an AD and they say something you're like, Hmm, I, I think I'd like a little bit more on that. Hit them up. Like in doing this, this podcast, what we have learned and you guys are, I'm sure you guys are learning the same too. The AD community is one of the most collaborative communities that I've ever been a part of. They're, they're like we are all in it for the same thing and as a result want to help you know we we haven't been told um you know we haven't been told no uh, you know most of the time people they'll they'll respond and they'll they'll let us know that uh, um you know that they're they're ready to to help but well, i think you make an incredible point don in the fact that there's got to be therapy of some sort you've got to be able to release it all you can't keep it all in or pin up and what happens Unfortunately, our profession is some people get on an island and the statistics will tell you AD lifespan is typically three to five years because it's a lot of lifespan. <laughs> That's the word you want to pick is lifespan. I would. <laughs> but I would tell you that I think the important part is, is just being able, and sometimes this is therapy for us to be able to have this discussion and we can say, oh, okay. And you can get that off your mind that, hey, this is what I dealt with. But I think the key is having that conversation with somebody. You can't just let it boil and boil and boil because at one point it's going to be like the toilet and explode and you're going to be dealing with the remnants of that. So for 80s listening or watching or whatever they're doing to this podcast, we hope that you're, you're tying into a network of somebody. And whether that's Don, whether that's Danielle, whether that's any of the guests we've had previously, Don said it's the collaborative group. We want to share information. We don't want to just hang on to it. I'm not sharing you how we're solving a one-two-one or a two-one-two or whatever. I'm going to tell you hey, this is what I'm dealing with, and we had this parent do this, or we had this situation happen. And so, oftentimes, that collaboration and why the national convention is so awesome is because you can get together and just tell stories. This is what I'm dealing with, and people are like-minded and understand what you're dealing with. I think that Rich Barton, he said it best. He, we, we talked to him and he was, he was, this was fantastic game changer for, for us. You're the only, you're probably the only person on your campus that does what you do, right? Like there, other coaches can talk to other coaches. Uh, other APs can talk to other APs. Uh, there's nobody else outside the principal does just their job. There, there's not another AD on that campus. And so you, that's why you've got to get outside of your own walls, uh, you know, and talk to people because you're going to find that 
a lot of your problems or their problems too. And maybe between the two of you, you, you can, you know, you can fix them. Well, I, and I, I want to ask this question just because you have 16 ADs that report to you. Do you set up a discussion with them to say, hey, call this person? And I don't want to say a mentor, but somebody who can help walk alongside of them and be their sounding board if they need. I mean, you can't force some of that stuff, I get, but yeah. you can make some connections, even with a district like you that's got 16 different ADs. How do you coordinate that with those to make sure that they're able to, to release some information or have somebody that they can go to? Yeah, pretty, you know, we're pretty intentional about like when we get information from ADs, whether it be an eligibility question or a facility question or whatever it may be, we'll kind of categorize that so that if I get a call and, you know, from an AD and they have an eligibility question and I know, because a lot of times they don't know the conversations that I have with other ADs, I'll go, listen, the, the, the AD over at this school just had this same problem. And this is how we kind of work through it. Why don't you call them and kind of bounce it off of them to see if they, think of if they've thought of anything different than I did. Um, also, if there are schools that are right down the road, uh, you know, maybe they have a similar dynamic in their building, maybe they can help. And so I'll kind of point them in that direction as well. So it's it usually, you know, sometimes it'll start just with a call between the two of them and then they'll call me or it goes the other way. But I, I do that quite often. I'll go, you know what, so-and-so just had this problem. Why don't you call them uh, and, and, let's all, all three of us will kind of work through it. Well, I think that's, that's huge for us to be able to do that from, uh, you know, even this connection, you and I were talking last week, you're dealing with a home construction project and you're dealing with all this stuff and things come up and they happen, but we can still make a connection and say, okay, I know, I know Don's near Atlanta and it's a lot bigger than what I'm dealing with, but he's still a resource. It's somebody that I can tap into and say, okay, Don, let me pick your brain about this situation. <clears throat> and maybe it's information that is too, too close to home for some people. And maybe I have to reach out to somebody that's in another state. Right. Um, and I think that's, what's really cool about, again, back, I don't want to beat a, a dead horse, but as we talk about what's important in this profession, having those, those networks that you can build. And it's important to continue to build that, not just keep it to a select group, but continue to add people to that that are going to give you a different perspective, that are going to see something differently that you need to, because that's important. You can't always just see it from your eyes. You need to bounce it off somebody and say, hey, give me another thought to this to make sure I'm not seeing it a, a way it shouldn't be seen. You better. Well, and, and to kind of build off of exactly what you guys are talking about, um, when I first started being an ED, I didn't, have you know anybody I didn't know what I didn't know I was prepared but I still didn't know what I didn't know and I had an AD um, truck hit who reached out and was very friendly and he was like you know if you need anything let me know if you have a question let me you know I'll, I'll help you and if it wasn't for him I truly don't think I would have made it I don't think I would have been the AD that I became I credit him to so much and what I've tried to do is anytime a new AD came into you know, our county, um, I tried to reach out and do the same thing on the side, mm -hmm. on my own, just, hey, if you need anything, here's my number. Don't be afraid to call and ask. No question is silly, you know, and give them that little um, comfort of, of having somebody that they could reach out to. And not only have I one formed awesome relationships with people because of it, but I kind of try to pay it forward. So if I would encourage anybody who has been an AD, who has a new AD, who's about to start in their county, Sorry, my dog is barking. I'm not sure if you guys can hear him or not, but I apologize. Um, but if you have anybody 
who you can reach out to and, and kind of open that door. Um, I think it's a really positive thing. And this is the perfect time of the year to do that, right? As we're all going to start, get right back into fall. It's a, it's a perfect time of the year for you to just reach out to any new ADs and just put your hand out there. And you, well, and two, two things that you just said right there. It, number one, when someone says, Hey man, if you need anything ever, call, just call me, do it. That there, that's not just a courtesy thing that people say, like, you know, like, Hey, you can come out to dinner. Oh yeah, I'll be there. Like, no, it's not, it's not like that. Like if they're saying, listen, Hey, if you need anything, call me do that. And then the second thing is that you be vulnerable. It don't, none of us know at all. We will never know at all. Leadership is an ever evolving animal. And so don't be vulnerable. Call your list. Dude, I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle this. And you don't know, maybe they've already handled it. Maybe they know somebody that has, you know, so being vulnerable and, and taking people up on their offer, I think is extremely important too. Well, I think vulnerability leads to growth and you're not growing if you're not being vulnerable and saying, hey, right. I really don't know. And because you host a podcast doesn't mean you have all the answers. Uh, so you, you're going to be reaching out to people. Uh, and, and I certainly don't have all the answers. So that my, I have some buddies that'll call me and be like, you ain't going to believe what, what I'm dealing with now. How would you handle this? Right. And after I check them to make sure they're sane, uh, that they're actually calling me and saying, Hey, I need some advice. Um, we will walk through that process, but we're, I think that's why I enjoy reading so much because I'm learning from other people. I read what they have and, and I surround myself by people who, who are smart people that write a book. Um, even Willie Spears, who may not be as smart as some people think he is. I mean, he's written 12 books, so I can learn something from a Willie Spears or from anybody else. Um, so I, I think being vulnerable and saying, you know what, there's no way, even if I've been doing this 35 years, I'm going to know everything. Um, and one of my mentors is Doug Kilgore, and he's always calling, hey, how do you handle this? Mm. Uh, and so if we if we stop growing or stop being vulnerable or stop growing, and then we're going backwards, you always want to progress and you want to learn in that process. So I think there's there's some real truth and some real good nuggets out of those those statements that you made. But I, I, I want to say... But I mean, I've grown today. I appreciate you pouring into us and taking a chance on on our our podcast. I know you're a veteran. Uh, you you have the podcast world by by the tail. I get that. So I, I thank you for jumping on here with us and spending some time with us and and sharing your stories. I thank you for being a faithful listener because you're always commenting or retweeting whenever we post something. So I thank you for listening and and I, I appreciate you grabbing something from what we're doing because it's. As you know, it's a labor of love. It's out there just trying to make the profession better um, in a light that probably needs to be shined on more people. We could do a custodian one and could really see some stories come out of that. But from this oh, yes, point, sure. man, I just thank you from jumping on here and, and taking your time and spending with us. Absolutely. No, I, I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. I think it is it is such practical knowledge that is uh, that ADs are able to flip and turn around and make them better immediately. Uh, and and I, I can't thank you enough for what you're doing. Uh, and so uh, it was an honor uh, to be able to, to sit down with you guys for a little while. Well, when we come, I'm assuming you'll be in Nashville so we can meet face to face and I can see yep. you got arms and legs instead of just a, a screenshot. But uh, I look forward to that, that meeting where we can have a discussion and sit down and, and talk stories and talk shop and uh, continue to grow our network. Sounds good. And Josh and I are looking yeah. forward to having you two on too. Well, you, you'll be hanging <laughs> with some ADs, but I'm excited about it.
Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited about it and to meet up in, in Nashville as well. So thank you. Absolutely. And we'll be back next wanted... week. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to do the ending, but that's your go-to. I'll do the intro, you do the closing. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you to Dustin. Thank you to Don. Thank you to Tickets Picket for being our sponsor. And we will, you know, be back next week with another episode.